0: According to St. John, our Lord God and Savior and King of us all, Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God, to be the glory for forever. Amen. Now a certain man was sick, Lazarus of Bethany the town of Mary and her sister Martha. It was that Mary who anointed the Lord with fragrant oil and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was sick. Therefore the sisters sent him, saying, Lord, behold, he whom you love is sick. When Jesus heard that he said, The sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, that the Son of God may be glorified through it. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister Lazarus. So when he heard that he was sick, he stayed two more days in the place where he was. Then after this, he said to the disciples, Let us go to Judea again. The disciples said to him, Rabbi, lately the Jews sought to stone you. And are you going there again? Jesus answered, Are there not twelve hours in the day? If anyone walks in the day, he does not stumble. Because he sees the light of this world. But if one walks in the night, he stumbles, because the light is not in him. These things he said, and after that he said to them, Our friend Lazarus sleeps, but I go that I may wake him up. Then his disciples said, Lord, if he sleeps, he will get well. However, Jesus spoke of his death, but they thought that he was speaking of taking rest in sleep. Then Jesus said to them plainly, Lazarus is dead, and I am glad for your sakes that I was not there, that you may believe. Nevertheless, let us go to him. Then Thomas, who was called a twin, said to his fellow disciples, let us also go, that we may die with him. So when Jesus came, he found that he had already been in the tomb four days. Now Bethany was near Jerusalem, about two miles away. And many of the Jews had joined the women around Martha and Mary to comfort them concerning their brother. Now Martha, as soon as she heard that Jesus was coming, went and met him, but Mary was sitting in the house. Now Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, My brother would not have died, but even now I know that whatever you ask of God, God will give you. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection on the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live and believed in me shall never die. Do you believe this? She said to him, "Yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God was come into the world. And when she had said these things, she went her way and secretly called Mary her sister, saying, "The teacher has come and is calling for you. And as soon as she heard that, she arose quickly and came to him. Now Jesus had not yet come into the town but was in the place where Martha met him. Then the Jews who were with her in the house and comforting her when they saw that Mary rose up quickly and went out, followed her, saying, She is going to the tomb to weep there. Then when Mary came where Jesus was and saw him, she fell down at his feet, saying to him, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Therefore, when Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who came with her weeping, he groaned in the spirit and was troubled, and he said, Where have you laid him? They said to him, Lord, come and see. Jesus wept, then the Jews said, see how he loved him. And some of them said, could not this man who opened the eyes of the blind also have kept this man from dying? Then Jesus again, groaning in himself, came to the tomb. It was a cave and a stone lay against it. Jesus said, take away the stone. Martha, the sister of him who was dead, said to him, Lord, by this time there's a stench, for he has been dead four days. Jesus said to her, Did I not say to you that if you would believe, you would see the glory of God? Then they took away the stone from the place where the dead man was lying, and Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me, and I know that you always hear me because of the people who are standing by. I said this, that they may believe that you sent me. Now when he had said these things, he cried with a loud voice, "Lazarus, come forth!" And he who had died come out, come out, came out, bound hand and foot with grave clothes, and his face was wrapped with a cloth. Jesus said to them, "Loose him and let him go." Then many of the Jews who had come to Mary had seen the things Jesus did, believed in him.
1: Today, the raising of Lazarus is something that most of us are familiar with because we read this Gospel more than once in the year. We read it. The most famous time we read it is actually Lazarus Saturday, right before uh, Palm Sunday. What I want to focus on today actually is uh, the person of, Saint, of, of Martha. Uh, a lot of times we, because there's another, another story in the Gospel when our Lord Jesus Christ was uh, visiting the family and Martha is working in the house, And she's doing all the housework and she complains because Mary's not helping her because Mary's sitting at our Lord Jesus Christ's feet. And Jesus tells her that, you know, actually it's good that she's sitting at His feet and that there's time to do all these things, but you should have kind of in in, in such a way that she should have been sitting at His feet as well. So sometimes we look at Martha and we look at her and we say, you know, she's focused on these things that are not important. We need to focus on the important things. But I want to look at something in the life of Martha that is something that we can maybe emulate. Because this story is something that I think we can all resonate with That there is an event that makes us think that God does not care about us okay? The circumstances of our life don't seem to allow for any other explanation Except God does not care about me right? When really bad things are happening in my life It's very difficult to believe that God being silent Or God delaying is really evidence of His love But actually oftentimes they are We question in those moments the presence or the love of God. And others, even if those who do not doubt God's love and faithfulness, they find their faith may be tested. What are we to do? What are we supposed to think in those circumstances? How are we supposed to act? Like I said, the person of Martha is is a good example for this. We can learn a lot from how she handled it. We, see, we read in the Gospel today that it says, A certain man was sick, Lazarus of Bethany, the town of Mary, and her sister Martha. And actually, St. John, the writer of the Gospel, comments that our Lord Jesus Christ loved Lazarus, and he loved Martha, and he loved Mary. St. John Chrysostom, when he's writing about this uh, passage in the Gospel, He says, Many men when they see any of those who are pleasing to God suffering anything terrible, as for instance, having fallen into sickness or poverty or any other the like, are offended, not knowing that to those especially dear to God, it belongs to endure these things. What is St. John saying in this commentary in plain English? He's saying, we shouldn't be offended when righteous people have bad things happen to them. We're not entitled to a carefree life. Just because we are righteous, or if we are righteous. We are not promised to be shielded from the world because we are Christians or because we are holy. The Gospel tells us our Lord Jesus Christ, He loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. And then immediately says, You know, it says that He, like St. John sort of makes this comment, Hey, I want to let you know that He loves. These people. And then he says, So when he heard he was sick, he stayed two more days in the place where he was. But at the same time, even the, the sisters, they have no doubt of our Lord Jesus Christ's love for their brother. But you can imagine the questions that are going in or through the mind of Martha. Those two days while she's waiting for Christ to come. Where is he? When is he coming? You know, maybe looking out the door, looking out the window, waiting for him. How many times she's asking those questions over the four days from the time she sent a message until uh, Lazarus died and was buried and and then finally our Lord Jesus Christ came. Her only brother came down with some mysterious illness and nobody could do anything for him. Well, there was somebody that they knew that could do something for him. So they sent a message to him, to Christ. And I'm sure she's thinking in her mind how many times he reached out his hand And a blind person was able to see. How many times he reached out his hand and a person who couldn't walk got up and used their legs. If there was any hope for Lazarus, it would be only in Christ. She didn't even ask Jesus to come. She just sent a message that he's sick, knowing full well, once he finds out that he's sick, he's going to come. If they are really friends, if Christ really loves them, is going to come for sure but she waited and waited and Lazarus got worse and worse and she waited longer and Lazarus died and she waited longer and Lazarus was buried our Lord Jesus Christ healed people like the paralytic that he didn't even know he healed blind people who were just a face in the crowd you know you would assume he's going to come for his friend and you can still think you think you know if if you're Martha this thought is tormenting her where is he Did did I misjudge this person so badly? Did I think that we are so close and we're actually not as close as I thought we were? He came to our house, he, he slept under our roof, he ate from our table. Maybe we weren't as close as I thought we were. Then all of a sudden, we find out that our Lord Jesus Christ finally comes. He says, the Master is here. Jesus arrives. And how does Martha react? She can't help herself. She's on her feet, running, rushing to meet her friend. And then the thought that is in her mind that she's going to express is already on her lips. St. John tells us that Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had only been here, my brother would not have died. So I don't think when she says this that she's saying it with a mean or a vindictive spirit. But I don't think also it's just simply a a statement of fact. I think she was disappointed in Christ. Felt betrayed. I'm sure the question, even though she didn't ask it, could be felt in her eyes. When you heard he was sick, why didn't you come then? I don't think this is unfamiliar to us. God, if you existed, my child wouldn't have died. If you'd answer my prayers, my life wouldn't be empty. If you cared for my mother, she wouldn't have developed cancer. How often are we guilty of dealing with God in this very same way? Demanding to know why he doesn't do things the way we want it done when we want it done. And then actually Martha says the most incredible thing. Something that reveals volumes about her character, about her faith, and is really the cornerstone verse that we want to focus on. She says, But even now I know that God will give you whatever you ask. In essence she's saying, you know, I might not understand what you've done. I might not be able to explain it. I might not even like it. But even now, I still believe that you're capable of anything. So that same question, we should ask ourselves. Are we convinced even now that he is able to do anything? Am I convinced even now that he's able to do anything? What do I believe that God can do even now in my life? All I have to do is look at what he's done in the past to see what he can do in the future. Because what he did yesterday, he is capable of doing today. You know, a lot of times... Maybe almost every time I come and, and, and give a sermon, I talk about the importance of reading the Bible. And probably any spiritual talk you hear, people talk about, we have to read the Bible. One of the main reasons I read the Bible is a reminder to me of what God has done with His people. Okay? When I see what God has done with His people, I believe that God can also do those same things again with me. So it's a reminder of the promises of God, that He fulfills His promises. Think about, for example, the story of Gideon. Most of you maybe know the story of Gideon, but uh, Gideon was someone who lived in the time of Israel when they were under foreign rule and they were being attacked by these people called the Midianites. The Midianites had conquered Israel. This is in the book of Judges. And the people were running away and the Midianites sort of had a habit of burning Israelite fields and the people that they found, they would kill and they would kill their animals, all these things. And the people of Israel are in need sort of a hero. And so an angel was sent by God to a person named Gideon. And Gideon was a good hero. He raised up an army of 32,000 men. And God said, you know what? Actually, you could maybe defeat this army with these 32,000 men. And then you would think, it was you who did it. I want you to send away everybody who is afraid. And he asked everybody who was afraid. There are people who don't want to be there. They don't have to be there. You can leave. And 22,000 of them left. Can imagine how Gideon must have felt? But still 10,000 is better than zero. But God said to him, Gideon, no, that's still too many. That's still too many. I want you to reduce them more. So he told them to go drink at at the pool or at the lake. And everybody who laps up the water, I'll take. And everybody who takes the cup with their hands, I'll leave. And you end up with 300 people. And he says, with these 300, I will rescue you and give you victory over the Midianites send all the others home." And actually that's what he did. This is impressive. You see the 300 men surrounding the Midianite camp in the middle of the night, each one of them, all they have is armed with a trumpet and a clay pot and a torch. And they blew their trumpets and they smashed the clay jars and they yelled for the Lord and for Gideon. And the Midianites woke up and they were panicked and they turned on each other and they were confused and they retreated. So God can do impressive things God does impressive things in our lives. You know, maybe helping us deal with our anger. Maybe helping us in our relationships with our spouses or with our children. People have prayed for work and have found the perfect job. That's impressive. People have been sick and others have prayed for them and they got better. That's impressive. God does impressive things in answer to our prayers. So are there situations in our life that I need to say, even now, I believe that God can do some impressive things for me. Throughout the Bible, we read how God stepped in to the lives and helped the lives of His people. Abraham, David, Solomon, Joshua, Moses, Daniel, each one of them tells us an amazing story of the impressive work of God that He did for them. And even today, there are people who would confirm, even now, August 2nd, 2020 that God does impressive things with us. But even more than that, even now, God can do the impossible. If we go back to the story of the Gospel today, our Lord Jesus Christ's friends, Lazarus, is sick, and his sisters send news to him, and he comes, and Martha says to him, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. And Mary arrives and says the same thing, Lord, if you had only been here, my brother would not have died. And if you had been here, you would have been able to do the impressive. You could have even done the improbable. But you weren't here, and now our brother is dead. But Martha again, she says with faith, it's not too late because even now you can perform a miracle. Could we just say these same words? Standing next to my brother's filled grave, express the same type of faith in God. Her statement is not saying so much that she believed that our Lord Jesus Christ could raise her brother from the dead. That was not in her mind. Because even when Christ asked, do you believe in the resurrection of the dead, they talked about it. She said, yes, I believe it at the end of the ages. They weren't talking about Lazarus. It's not so much saying that she believed that Christ would raise her brother, but she would trust him even if he didn't. So Martha is saying, even now I believe that you can do anything, but I trust whatever it is that you're going to do or not do. But of course the story doesn't end there. Our Lord Jesus Christ goes to the tomb. And our Lord Jesus Christ is at the tomb. He asks for them to roll the stone away from the tomb. And they kind of protest a little bit because they say it's been a while and he might smell. But, and then he, he asks them to roll it away and he says this prayer, thanking God for hearing him. And he shouts, "Lazarus, come forth!" And Lazarus comes out. His hands and his feet are bound, and graves closed. And they unwrap him, and they let him go. This person has been in the grave for four days, and then he's brought back to life. That is not only impressive. That's not only improbable, but it's also impossible. Dead people do not come back to life. That doesn't happen. But it did happen. It's the reality of what Archangel Gabriel told Saint Mary in the Annunciation in the Gospel of St. Luke, for nothing is impossible with God. And our Lord Jesus Christ summed it up also when He said, what is impossible for men is possible with God. And this is the message for us also today, that what we can have done for us is the impossible. God can still do the impossible today. People can change their behavior, but only God can change their hearts. What have you been told is impossible in your life? What have you thought to yourself that God has abandoned you and has become impossible to change? Can we say with Martha that even now I have faith in you and I believe in you that things can be doing different or whatever that you ask will be done. May God give us this faith of Martha and glory be to God forever and ever. Amen.